0: Amen, if you would turn in your Bibles to Psalms chapter 66, Psalms chapter 66. <clears throat> I hope all of you got your email. Uh, I know Brother Ed has been preaching on the home and uh, sent out an email, actually to the men who I wanted to preach on what you wanted me to address in your home this evening. <laughs> uh, but I didn't get anybody's, uh, anybody's uh, desires except for Brother Dwayne, so we'll just be addressing one household tonight. And, uh, Amen. But that's plenty, plenty to preach on, so we should be good. Amen. Anyway, they know I'm joking. I was just playing with them earlier tonight. Psalm 66. And, uh,. No, I normally like to preach on stories in the Bible. I like to take people in the Bible and preach, kind of the story that's going on there tonight. That that is not what my plan, and uh, I want to talk about three things that will stop God in our in our lives. Three things that will stop God. I, I I do believe that we know that God is omnipotent. He's omniscient. He's uh, omnipresent. We know that he's all powerful, all knowing, ever present. And, uh, you, so you could ask the question, well, how could you stop God? You know, he's, uh, he's all powerful. There's no way to, to stop the Lord. And, and, uh, we could, you know, I, I, used to like to watch, uh, uh, the strongman contest. These guys, these great big old guys picking up different things and, And, uh, just proving that they're the, they're the strongest man in the world. And, you know, you could take a thousand of those and they wouldn't be anything compared to God. You know, a thousand of those men, uh, for the young kids in your mind, you could take all the superheroes and add them all together and, and they wouldn't be anything compared to God as, uh, He's all powerful. But what could stop God in our life. And we're going to look at three things. There might be other things, but I just picked out three things tonight. And I hope that it would be a blessing to you tonight to see these. Number one would be... Uh, well, first of all, we'll read Psalm sixty six eighteen. Psalm 66, verse 18. It says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. I believe that sin... Is something that will stop God in our life. I believe if, uh, you know, uh, it says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So that, that is kind of the way it's stated there is that you know that it's there. If there's sin in your life and you know that it's there and you're, and you're overlooking it, you're dismissing it, you're not dealing with it, you're, uh, you're, you're not, uh, uh, addressing it in your life i believe that can stop god from hearing your prayers that would uh you know uh, have you ever been asked to pray for somebody like tonight we've uh, pastor had mentioned several people that needed prayer and and have you ever been asked to pray for somebody maybe in a, a time of urgency and you feel like man i'm going to push through this but i I need to get right before I pray for somebody else. You've maybe never been there, but I have been there before. I've been there where I, where I felt like I, uh, I needed to pray first and pray and get some things settled in my life before I begin to ask God for somebody else's life. Well, that's a, that's a bad place to be. We shouldn't be in that place, but I, I believe a lot of God's people find themselves in that place. Where their their prayers are not getting answered, and you say, "Well, you know, I mean, God has been answering my prayers." A lot of times, we're we're praying the same thing that other people are praying. We're all, we're, a lot of us are praying the the same prayers. You know, Pastor mentioned tonight uh, a couple prayer requests, and we could maybe be praying for that and saying, "Well, you know, my prayers are getting answered," but uh, but a lot of other people might be praying for that same thing if. Uh, I think sometimes we have things in our life that we just hadn't addressed, we hadn't looked at, we hadn't uh, uh, brought before the Lord, and it's things that we've just harbored in our life. Prayers that we've just, I mean, sorry, sins that we've just harbored in our life. Um, if pastor was going to go to your house this coming Sunday, you invited him to your house, I believe, uh, you would probably clean the house pretty well and... Especially if he hasn't been there often, he doesn't, you know, it's not a a common thing for him to come over to your house and so it's a big deal and he's coming over him and his family and, and they're, you know, on their way and you're trying to clean up the house and you get it all clean and, and then when he gets there, you know, someone that is not familiar with the place that they're going to, they see things that you may not see. Uh, you're there, you're thinking, man, we, we threw everything in the closet. We've got, you know, everything is put away. Everything looks good. But somebody that is maybe not, uh, custom of seeing this place much, they, they may walk in and notice that there's, there's trim that needs to be finished out in the house. There's paint that's, uh, that's not painted. There's tiles that's missing on the floor. There's, you know, uh, things that we just see all the time and we think is, is just normal. Uh years ago I went to a church and outside next to the church there was a big just a big pile of junk next to the church and, and uh when I went in the church the church was really nice looking. Everything looked like it was in an order and everything. And I wonder why they didn't clean that up. And I thought, you know, they've they've probably just been coming in and out, in and out, and they've become familiar with that pile of trash sitting out there. And that's how we are. A lot of times in our life, we we've allowed things to come in, and we hadn't addressed it. We hadn't allowed, we hadn't uh, uh, brought it before the Lord and and asked for forgiveness for these things. And and um, and that those things are now hindering our prayers. The Bible says in James chapter four, verse seventeen, it says, "Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good." And doeth it not to him it's to him it is sin. I, I like to use that verse to people that that uh that believe they can lose their salvation. A lot of those people that think they can lose their salvation, they they really believe they're above sin. They they, they believe they're not, you know, uh sinning in a way that would send them to hell. And and this this verse here Man is therefore to him that knoweth to do good and do it not to him and his sin. That's there's a lot of things that we know to do and we're not doing. There's a lot of areas in our life that, that I think that you know, we just look at our life the other day, Pastor and I, I think it was Pastor and I were talking about how that people people put things in their life and they think if they're doing these things, then they're spiritual. If they read their Bible so many, so many minutes a day, if they pray so many minutes a day, if they cut their hair a certain way, if they, if they dress a certain way, then they're spiritual. And they look at other people and they think, well, they don't do my laws, they don't do those things that I've, I've laid down, then, then they look at you as unspiritual. And, and a lot of times people, they they think, well, you know, I don't drink, I don't cuss, I don't uh, do this, and I don't do that, and I don't do this, and so I'm spiritual. But a lot of times, this this right here, this verse, a lot of times there's so many things we don't do that we know to do, and that thing has now become sin in our life. That, uh, you know, we know it's right to not forsake the assembling. I appreciate Pastor saying that this this last Sunday assembling. I've never looked at it that way. But uh Hebrews 10:25 talks about that how that we that we need to assemble. Amen. We know that's correct. And I believe that if we don't watch it during this time of the coronavirus, we can we can get to the point where where we we get comfortable not assembling anymore. But God says that we need to assemble. We need to assemble. I understand. I'm not, not trying to say that if you're doing, if you're still, uh, uh, being cautious and not coming, I, I'm not talking about that. But, but I think there's some people that just say, I, I'm, I'm just as good just sitting here at my home, watching, watching it on TV. I get the same thing they get. No, God wants you to encourage somebody here. God wants, I mean, just your presence being here tonight. Is is it a blessing to other people? So, uh, you know, we know it's right to forgive, but some of us are har- uh, harboring unforgiveness in our heart. Matthew, uh, I'm sorry, Mark 11.25 uh, says, And when uh, you stand praying, forgive. If you have ought against any that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. We have a responsibility to forgive. Now, if that person don't want to, uh, to do their part and, and, uh, and, and forgive, then that's not your problem. But our, we must forgive. God says that if we're forgiving, then He will forgive us. And why are you saying that, why are you saying these things tonight about ways that we can stop God? I believe there's some people that are keeping God from doing great things in their life because they're harboring unforgiveness. They have an unforgiving spirit in in their heart. Unwilling to forgive, but you don't know what they did to me. Can we just put ourselves in the place of the Lord Jesus tonight and think about what we do on a daily basis to Him? And He continues to forgive us. Continues to be gracious to us when we deserve. We don't deserve His grace and mercy. The Bible talks about. To love one another. John 15, 12 says, This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. That's a commandment, that we love one another like God loves us. I think I could write in my Bible, I have never done that. You know, I love Kenneth Elsie more than I love anybody else. It's sad, but, uh, you know, I don't do without food, and, uh, I don't do without my needs being met. If somebody's not, if somebody else is not meeting them, I love myself enough that I'm gonna meet my needs. You, you understand what I'm saying tonight? Is, is, uh, love one another like, like Christ loves us. Wow, what a job. How in the world can I have the love that Christ has? I I believe we can love other people through Christ. Through Christ. Some people are unlovable, but through Christ we can love them. People are affected by our decisions and and the things that we do and the, the actions that we uh, or, or the, the decisions that we make through our life. I want to look at the story of uh, the rich man. You don't have to turn there tonight if you don't want to, but in Luke 16, verse 23, it says, And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and seeing Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried, this is the rich man, and he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in, in water and cool my tongue, for I am in torment in this flame. I am, I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth that, thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. You know, this rich man had a mother and a dad that loved him, I believe, probably. And, uh, but, but put yourself in, in, in his place or his parents' place as, as you've got kids that you love and you want the best for. And I believe that was probably his parents' thoughts, you know, but they taught him to love money. They taught him to love success. They taught him to love things. And now he finds himself in a place that he can't get out of. The Bible says, son, remember. God is wanting him to remember back about some things. Remember whenever it was all about you? Remember when it was, it was, uh, your life was all about what you wanted? God's reminding him of, of some things and, Money and success and things, all these things, they're not bad things to have, but, but whenever it takes the place of God, then it's, it's not a good thing. <clears throat> and I'm, I'm mentioning some of these things tonight because I, I believe that, that uh, we just don't realize how far off base we are sometimes When we have sin in our heart, I I remember years ago growing up in a, in an independent Baptist church that preached against everything. I mean, everything. And, uh, and, and I just, I just remember the, the, uh, the people trying to do their best to, to live for the Lord and, and now it's, it's scary to me to see how Christians are and how lax they are about their Christian walk and how that the things at one time in our life we thought were sinful and now we don't think are sinful and we're living in, in the midst of those things and think that everything is okay. And we're begging God to do things in our families, in our homes, and in our lives. And we've just got all this junk there. Sin will stop God from answering your prayers. He ought to be our focus. How can you stop God tonight? I believe it's by harboring sin in your life. And then also, I believe another thing would be our unbelief. The Bible says in Matthew 13, 57 and 58, it says, And they were and they were uh, offended in Him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. This makes me think that he would have done some great things in that area if they would have just believed. What are the things that we're missing out on because of our unbelief? What are the things that God... I mean, He's He's ready. I can imagine in that town, there was some needs in that town that only God could handle. But because of their unbelief, He passed them by. How often do we get passed by because of our unbelief, God, God wants to do something for us. God wants to, to bless us in a way, but because of our unbelief, we never see the blessings of God in our life. What are you holding God back with? Or what, do you, what, what are you holding back? Holding God back from doing in your life. Some struggle with their... Finances. They struggle, and struggle with their finances. And, you know, I've been to a place where God has blessed me and I've had plenty. And I've been to the place where I had nothing. But over the years of just being faithful, giving and giving and giving and giving and giving, I've never been without. I may have, I may have lacked some of the things that I thought I, I needed, but God knew I did not need. I may have lacked maybe some of my wants, but, but, you know, there is not a thing that I need in this world. God has been so good to me. Being obedient. You know, I just I look at verses like in Malachi 3.10 and just claim those things that, that it's true. It says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may, may be meat in my house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. I just believe that as fact. You know, I I, I enjoy doing uh, uh, thrill-seeking things. I've uh, on the the Death Road there in in in, uh, in Bolivia. They had a a uh, what is it? A zip line across that canyon there, and I mean, doing anything like that in a third world country is very thrill-seeking because you don't know how it's set up and. And what, what's gonna, you know, what might take place, but, but, uh, uh, me and Michael, we, we did that one time doing the zip line across the, the, the canyon there over 1400 feet down. And, uh, Michael, he was heavier than me. And when he got to the other side, he ended up, they just had a mattress strapped to a tree for a break. He ends up hitting the, hitting the mattress and, you know, I I enjoy doing some of those crazy things. I remember as a teenager, I, I bungee jumped out of a crane in Dallas, Texas. Bungee jumped out of a crane and, the, you know, it was just connected to my ankles there. And I remember, uh, while on debutation, I was in Colorado and I jumped off the Royal Gorge, 1400 feet down, I believe, and a little river down there, and jumped off that with bungee, with a bungee cord. But, I really am kind of scared of heights. You know, if, if I get to, if I get to just walking up to a window, like maybe one of the big buildings in Houston, walking up to a window that, that is kind of scary to me. But as long as I know that, that something has been proven, I can, I'm be okay with it. If I know that, if I've seen other people bungee chunk, I just have faith in that, in that cord that it's going to hold me because It's held a lot of other people. And, and so, uh, I'm able to, to do some of those things just because I, I have faith in, in that, that, uh, apparatus or the person or, or whatever. But moving in my life forward with God, whenever God just makes a statement like this in Malachi, it, it just, it just, it, Seems easy for me to say, I'll give it. If you want me to give, God, if you speak to my heart tonight, then to give this or that, I'll give it. Because it's, it's just, it's just trusting in God. But I believe that many people are held back. Or hold God back because of their unbelief. Some are afraid to say, Lord, here am I. You know, we we come to church, we hear the preaching, we, we, uh, we do whatever's asked of us, but, but we're really afraid to just get to the point like Isaiah was in Isaiah chapter 6 verse 8, it says, also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Who, who shall I send, and who, uh, who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. You know, why couldn't we just say, God, if you need somebody, why can't it be me? Why can't I be the one that fills the gap? There's so many people that, that are, uh, that, uh, in this world that you could use, but why couldn't you just use me? I believe people have fear of that tonight. Because God may say, I will use you. They're afraid. I remember after, uh, Surrendering her to go to Bolivia, I was pastor in Gospel Light Baptist Church, and and I uh, I resigned the church, and I told him I would stay until we got a new pastor. And uh, it didn't take long; we got a new pastor, and and I moved on. I had a brand new truck at that time, and I I uh, the first thing that I did, I I remember, I said, "We're going to up our missions." We're going to give more to missions. And I didn't have, you know, I was, all I had was the church that I had started there and, uh, that church supported me and I think one other church, maybe my dad's church in, in Houston and, and so I just had a couple hundred dollars coming in and that would not pay for my truck payment. That would not pay for the insurance and all that. And I wanted to get rid of it, but I had it. And I thought, you know, the first thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to give in the area that that I want to be blessed in. And we upped our missions. And, and in a, in 14 months, a year and two months, we raised our support and went to Bolivia. God was good to us. I believe some people maybe here tonight need to say, God, here am I. It may just be here in this church that He wants to use you. Sometimes, we may never go to the mission field. We may never be called to preach. But God may just want to hear it from you. Say, God, if You want me, I'll go. Just like Abraham. God didn't want Abraham to take his son's life. But He wanted to hear him say, If that's what you want, that's what I'll do. I think some of us are holding God back because of our unbelief. We don't believe that God would use us in that way. We don't believe that that we have anything to give when He's the one that does all the work. In Matthew 28, 18-20, it says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy... I'm sorry, Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. God has commanded us to share the gospel, to carry the gospel. And why don't we tell people about Him? I believe it's because of our unbelief. Our unbelief, our fear. Our fear that God would use us to, to, to be an instrument to reach somebody else for Christ. If your best friend was dying and, and you knew that tomorrow would be their last day here on this earth, and God said, if you witness to them, I'll save them. You know, I don't, I don't believe there's anybody here that would, that would, uh, Not witness to them. I mean, if we had that, if you had that guarantee that if I witness to this person, they will get saved. It's not that they will say, no, I don't want any of that. No, I've heard that before. Or slam the door in your face or, uh, you know, I, you know, I I don't want any of that religious stuff or anything like that. No. If there was a guarantee That if you spoke to this person that you loved so much, and they were dying, that that God would save them. I don't think there's anybody here that would pass that opportunity up. But a lot of times, because of our unbelief, we don't share the gospel. You know, we can't save anybody, but we can tell everybody... Psalms 126, verse 6 says, He that goeth forth weeping, bearing precious seeds, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. You know, that's, a, that's, a, that's another promise of God. A lot of times, it's, it's not that first door that you knock. It's not that first person you talk to. It's not. I mean, even if God puts it in your heart, you're standing at the gas station, you're pumping gas, and. God says speak to this man or hand this man a track. That doesn't mean the guy's going to get saved right there. You know, and, and sometimes we, we are obedient, but we don't see the fruit of it and we, and we, and we give up on it. And we believe that, I just don't know if that works. I think we hold God back when we convince ourselves that people don't want to hear or people or or we just don't have the ability to tell somebody we don't uh, you know we 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 talk ourselves out of telling others about Christ so much of the time would you stop somebody or would you run out in a in a highway if a child was about to be ran over I, I don't even think you would think about that you would you would scream you would you would grab their attention you would run across and and grab a hold of them and pull them to safety but there's people dying each and every day and we go day after day after day after day without telling anyone about Christ. Our unbelief. I believe that if we believe that it's the, it's the Word of God that changes the lives of others, then we would be planting the Word of God all over. The apostles, the, the disciples, They did that. They saturated the city with the word of God. Can you imagine Apostle Paul saying, I've ran my race. I'm ready to meet the Lord. I can honestly say that there's some things that I would like to do before the Lord There's some things that I would like to do for him before he comes back. Oh, I'd love for him to come back tonight, but but uh I think sometimes if we think about that, seriously think about that. Is our house clean? Is our temple clean? Is our is our life ready? Can we honestly say I'm ready, Lord? I've witnessed to the ones you want me to witness to. I've done all that you've asked me to do here on this earth. I'm ready to see your face. In reality, there's some things that I need to, that I need to do. And lastly, tonight. Another thing that I believe that will stop God, sin, unbelief, and love. Many times in my life, I've done things to hurt God. I believe Satan has went to the Lord and said, look what he's doing. Look where he's went. Look what he's looking at. And Jesus said, I paid for it. God, He's one of yours. God, I gave my life for Him. And what God sees when He looks at me is the blood of Christ. My grandmother... My mother's mother. T- today is the fourth and uh, fourth year anniversary of my mother's passing on. But my grandmother, her mother, I remember she was always trying to take up for us. <laughs> At her house, we could stand on the coffee table, and there was no consequences if she was the only one there. <laughs> If my parents were there, they were wanting to get us off, or you know, always correcting us, and that's the job of a parent. But I remember my grandmother; she was always wanting my parents to give mercy to me, and that's the way the Lord is. That's the way Jesus is. Whenever, whenever the devil begins to accuse us of things, and and. Jesus goes to the Lord and says, you know, I paid for that. I went to the cross for that. Two thousand years ago, I was taken about Kenneth Elsey. When I walked up that hill, and gave my life. The love of God has stopped you from giving me what I deserve. Matthew twenty-six fifty-three says, Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my to my father, and he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels. This is when he was going to the cross. Can you imagine all those angels looking down and saying, Lord, just let us go. God, would you just let us go? They're going to take his life. They're going to, they're going to beat him and they're going to, they're going to nail him to a cross. Just let us go. And God's saying, no, because I love I'm gonna let my son take their place. Because I love them, we'll let him pay for what they've done. Love will stop God. How are you stopping God tonight? Is there sin in your life? Is there unbelief? I thank God for His love and Him giving me something that I don't deserve and that's His Son, Jesus Christ. Don't hold Him back in your family. You know, I talked about the rich man just for a minute and the decisions his parents made affect, affected that boy. I think of Hitler. You know, Hitler had a mom and dad. Hitler was a baby at one time. Precious baby at one time. But because of bad decisions, he became something that And we don't even like to think about Are you holding God back tonight? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you again for being good to us. God, just loving on us, giving us opportunity to serve you just like you did Jonah. God, you've, uh, you've been patient. God, I pray that tonight, if there be one here tonight that struggling with some things. Maybe they just need to let go and say, God, here I am. Here's my life. Take my life. God, I pray that You would allow this message to go home with us and allow it to maybe change our life from this day forward. In Jesus' name, I pray.